0: Hello there, and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you for listening to the Big Boss Book Club. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club, Twitter at Big Boss010, and on Facebook at Big Boss Book Club. Uh, You can support the show by giving us a follow on any of those social media platforms, uh, a review on any of the platforms that the podcast is available, such as uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and uh, and Google Podcasts as an example. You can also subscribe to the show on any of those platforms as well, so you get the show sent straight to you on its release. Um, Our link tree is also available on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, welcome to this week's show. Thank you so much for joining me. So, this week I'm going to be looking at a Flesh and Blood uh, deck tech, I guess, um, for a Blitz deck, which is a viscera So, wanted to do a, a couple of deck episodes anyway, because I have so many decks built for Flesh and Blood at this stage. Um, I mean, at the time of recording this, I've got ten so that may have gone up but that may have gone down by the time this is released but either way I've got quite a few built now, all Blitz format um, there isn't the players in my area to do constructed, like the games I've played as blitz with with people has taken time because they're trying to learn how to play the game. When you're sitting down with normal opponents who play the game, it's a lot quicker obviously, but when you're trying to teach people how to play the game and try and build up a a, a play group um, classic constructed is not necessarily the best way of, of going about it so I am pretty much sticking with blitz at the moment I, I wouldn't have 10 decks built constructed and I could probably manage two maybe three at a push. Uh, No way I'd be able to manage ten in in a constructed environment there's too much sharing going on um, for me to pull that off. So the area is still growing where I am at the moment. A couple of people and more people are interested than what were initially. Um, people are like well, I'll play that or I'll give that a go so hopefully I can continue to try and get more people interested in the game I know I've said it before but mechanically I think the game is brilliant um, again it's like this merger of UFS a bit, almost a little bit of kind of a ordeal in there and, and Marvel Champions just coming together to produce a, a really good solid gaming engine which I really really like I'm not going to say in love with, but (laughs) yeah, probably a little bit strong. But yeah, you know what I mean, like enamoured with. Um, So I've been sold on on Flesh and Blood since I first saw Team Covenant discussing it on their YouTube streams and then on their podcasts as well. So I've wanted to kind of do like a bit of a deck tech episode for for one of my decks. And I said I've chosen Viseray essentially because he was the first deck I actually built um, from six booster packs of Arcane Rising. To, to do like a, a sealed kind of strategy uh, a sealed kind of review I guess so we'll essentially go for a break come back, I'll jump straight into who is Viscerae, um just go a little bit into the backstory of the character what little information is available I don't have a copy of the Flesh and Blood law book oh, I wish I did, it'd be so good And we'll just talk about a bit of who is Viseray, why I've gone with him, and then we'll go and have a look at the deck. Then have a little bit of a talk about the reasons for some of the cards in the deck, because a couple of the cards in in mine I've not really seen in anybody else's builds. Or if I have, it's maybe not been in that combination, so I quite quite like the idea of having a quick chat about that. Um, and then we'll, we'll we'll get out of here. So we'll go for a quick break, we'll come back, and we'll talk about Viscerae, who he is, and why I've chosen him for this uh, episode. Be right back. Welcome back. So, um, Viscerae. Who is Viscerae? Well, we'll start with a little bit sort of prelude to that. I've probably mentioned it a few times before. When I first got into Flesh and Blood, it was Reinhard that really attracted me to the the game. Loved the artwork. I thought the art was great. Read his ability and how it worked in sort of as part of the game. Thought, wow, this is really what I I can get into. Um, bought that, then saw Arkane Rising and looked at that, and it was actually Dash that. That brought me to the yard on that uh, set anyway. Bought six packs to try and do the old. Let's see what I could do in a sealed environment kind of deal. Because I know sealed and drafted is a really big element of flesh and blood. But actually when I got the six packs. Cracked them open. It was actually Viseray who who really. I I got stuff for. (laughs) Um, So pretty much rolled with. Viseray, I mean Visceray is the artwork on the card is amazing so just to give you a bit of context his ability is whenever you, whenever you play a rune Blade card if you have played another non-attack action card this turn, you create a rune chant token um, and it's Viseray rune Runeblood is his adult version, which I think is a bit wrong should be the Art Knight, which we'll go into but, it's Viseray Runeblood, so, yeah. Um, fun fact, as I mentioned, he is a Rune Blade character. He is the OG Runeblade character. He's the original Rune Blade character. Since then, there has been two more. We have Chain and Briar, but they are um, Shadow Rune Blade and Elemental Rune Blade respectively. They're not just Runeblade, so they have their own mechanics and things they can use that um, Viseray doesn't get access to. Where they do get access to pretty much everything that this raid does. Who is he, though? So, yeah, he's a runeblade, but what does that really mean? So, runeblade is an archetype for all intents and purposes. Are heroes who use attacks and non-attack actions to deal standard and arcane damage to opponents. Arcane damage would be the equivalent of like burn or, or direct damage in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, for example. I don't really know if there's a magic equivalent. I imagine there probably is. You can Probably see that being in black. Black feels like the type of people that do direct damage. So This ray is very much it, The combat style is called like is featured referred to as hybrid where essentially he's using a combination of magic and physical attacks to beat opponents. So the rune chant tokens he creates basically trigger when he plays a attack action or attack with a weapon and for each rune chant each rune chant does one arcane damage. Now arcane damage is a lot harder to block. There are very few cards that block arcane damage where there's lots of cards that block standard damage so it really will be very dependent on what you get if that makes sense so Vistra himself is the Knight who is bound to obey the orders of his master who's uh, Lord Sutcliffe now immortalized in card form thanks to monarch well his head is anyway um, he's essentially being used by Sutcliffe as almost a weird bodyguard slash heavy Um, I don't have the law book I know that the legend story did release like a law book to certain like creators and people who were promoting the game I don't have access to that unfortunately, wish I did I'd love to give it a read Um, so I'm going based, a lot of my information is off the actual flesh and blood website and the character profile page so it's all there for you if you do want to go and take the time to read it but essentially, he finds this body, which is Visery, who is the apparently some decorated sort of high-end soldier slash warrior, washed up upon the shores of the Demon The Demonastri is almost like a a monastery for people looking to practice uh, dark arts, I guess, such so witches, scientists, people like that who are looking at the the dark arts and you know. Forbidden knowledge and rituals and stuff like that. It sounds, yeah, it sounds awesome. Almost like the polar opposite of the Citadel in Game of Thrones. So Sutcliffe eventually so takes this this guy he finds washed up on the beach and replaces his, um, I guess, internal organs with the Arknight Shard, which is allows him to create the first Arknight. Um, they did release Arknight Shard as a card in... Crucible of War, not to flex, but I did pull a copy of it in the box I bought in November in 2021. Um, It isn't in the deck that we'll go through in a bit, solely because I was so scared to put it in there. It's double-sleeved, still sat in a folder. (laughs) Um, I imagine when I feel a bit more comfortable or I see the price drop a bit more, I might might consider putting it in, but for the time being, it can stay out. So there's this speeding forward a little bit There is on the Flesh and Blood website, Viscerai's profile page. There's this wonderful story, which if I haven't read it, I would massively recommend doing, where it talks about Viscerai basically being dispatched by Sutcliffe to obtain a tome from a witch called um, Corva. And the the image they use on the website almost looks like the image on, well, it is the image from Read the Runes. So I don't know if that's intentional or not. It certainly looks like it is because you know they talk about this cover and the picture that they show is is essentially read the runes, um, which is a wonderful piece of artwork anyway. But essentially, he he finds her, he kills her, he gets the tome. That's that's really the essence of the story. Once he arrives back at the, so in between he's being almost spoken to by this unknown voice, calling themselves the Whisper. Which, ironically, is, also gets kind of turned into a card in Arcane Rising, uh, Whispers of the Oracle. Uh, I'd just like to say, I think it was wonderful how it kind of, the cards in the set flush out this narrative. So they can create this story and it relates directly to the cards, which I think is wonderful. Visceray gets back to the Demonastery and essentially this group of cultists sort of appear and attempt to try and sacrifice him. Um, by using the energy from the shard to try and open up this portal. Viscerae escapes, obviously kills a lot of the cultists, however the, the Surge has kind of opened the portal and releases this creature, um, I, Arathiel, I think is how you say it. Don't quote me. Um, but the story's great, and if you read the chain story, it's almost like the chain story starts as the Visery story ends. So it kind of ends with This portal being open and Visray sort of going through it. And then it starts Chain Story, which I think is great. And again, weaves this whole universe together, which is so cool. And I know it's common as muck these days for universes, but I still think it's really cool that they've done something like that and, and taken the time to weave these stories together. Um, we'll go for a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the actual deck itself. And then we'll have a look at sort of the strategies and the purposes of the cards and things like that. So we'll go for a quick break, we'll come back and we'll dive straight in. Okay, welcome back. So we'll just go through the deck list itself. So I'll go into it a little bit more in the next part of the episode, but I've made some change like I say made some changes to this list, I have made multiple changes to this list um, which again I'll go into a little bit so the deck itself is the equipment um, Snapdragon Scalers uh, the Crown of uh, Dichotomy uh, Bloodsheath Skeletor Spellbound Creepers the Grasp of the Arknight and the Rosetta Thorn um, if I was going to play this at a tournament I would probably also have all the Arcane Barrier cards as well that I don't have, so like, the crown is a uh, arcane, so I'd have like the robe and the boots and the, the gloves probably. In the red pitch zone we have one copy of Rattlebones, uh, two copies of Amplify the Arknight, two copies of Meet and Greet, two copies of Reduce the Rune Chant, two copies Read the Runes, two copies of Rune Flash, essentially there's two copies of everything, um, Sonata Arcanics, Lead the Charge, Whisper of the Oracle and Mordred Tide. Then again, all in twos uh, read the runes this is yellow pitch, read the runes uh moving skies and ninth blade of the blood oath, blues again, all twos become the arc knight oath of the arc knight, tome of the arc knight, amplify the arc knight. <laughs> um dread triptitch uh moving skies and meet and greet dread trip triptit trip, I'm never gonna get that right and then. Because there's one card left, we've got one copy of Gorganian Tone as well. Um, I just really like that extra draw. So, there's a few things I would like to change again in this list, a few things that we'll probably go through in the next part. Um, but essentially, that's the deck list as it is, as of this moment. I mean probably within 20 minutes of recording this I'll probably change it but <laughs> it is right now uh, that is how it is um, so we'll go for a quick break we'll come back and we'll just talk about the reasons for a few of the cards in the list and, and uh, the overall plan for the deck be right back okay welcome back so to let you in know a little secret I have recorded this episode now. Like, three times maybe four times <laughs> um i keep changing the deck list so <laughs> um initially i didn't have uh, the spellbound creepers wasn't happy with the cost of them uh, to buy singly because clearly i wasn't going to get one from a booster found one actually on ebay that i thought oh do you don't want me to buy that but i stupidly decided to wait until the morning to go on via top cashback, so I could get a bit of cashback on it, and unfortunately I missed the item. So, <laughs> never got it, um, been scouring the internet since, since uh, to try and get a reasonably priced copy of this card. Luckily, um, uh, I don't know if they've got a physical store, but they've definitely got an online shop, posted in the Facebook Flesh and Blood Marketplace. Um, you know, we've just recently got a load of cards in, they're pretty good prices, come check them out. Uh, went online, managed to find the card for, for 75 which I thought was ridiculously cheap, considering the prices I've seen it going for, so I've, I've since bought it. Um, so, yeah, Creepers is now in the list. Uh, the deck itself is hmm, yeah, so equipment, we'll we'll start off with equipment so the now only weapon in the deck, I did have the Nebula Blade in there initially but having seen what the Rosetta Thorn can do it it made a lot of sense to swap out because I pretty much was never really using Nebula Blade, I kind of only really had it because I had a foil one, and it was just cool looking so swapping it for the Rosetta Thorn, I think was a really good decision, one resource damage but if you've done non-attack and attack that turn you also deal two arcane this deck is now working a little bit towards that where each turn i'm hoping to play an attack and non-attack and then swing the sword at the end so yeah i think it's it's a good balance of throwing multiple types of damage at your opponent i guess it's similar to how briar works but this deck is is hopefully going to throw a little bit more in the terms of the arcane damage then Briar can throw. Um, at least that's my sort of theory, working theory when, I'm building, when I build the deck. Um, again, equipment's pretty much how you'd expect. Grasp of the Ark Knight in there, helps get those rune chants on the board. Defends for three over the course of the game, so it's not a bad deal. Um, the crown, mainly there for the Arcane Barrier ability. Even though the idea of you doing the, the stacking the top two is kind of cool especially if you're going to use Sonata or Tome maybe next turn. Putting an attack and a non-attack on top is could be quite useful. Um, I said I've now got the Creepers, which is great, so the ability to play a non-attack as an instant by paying a resource is pretty useful. Um, I'm still very tempted just to keep using Snapdragon Scalers, but I think the Creepers is probably going to be more... More useful overall. Uh, the Skeletor. Again. Three defense over the course of the game. It's instant ability though. To lower the cost of your next non-attack. And attack actions. By the number of room chance you control. Is is great. Uh, plus that combo with Sonata. Where if you've got a load of room chance You can essentially pay Sonata. And do a big. Hopefully. <laughs> a big combo. Where you get a load of Arcane. And grab a load of cards. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, For me, it's mainly about the three defense. Especially with this build, I'm not planning on doing a big turn in terms of getting rune chance. I'm probably only ever going to be building a few and then swinging an attack. So it'll be a few arcane and there's some attack damage. So we'll see how it all goes out. Now, the actual deck itself I've made a load of changes to over time one of the <laughs> the big changes that I took out lead the charge but then every time I'm looking at the deck I just want to put it back in because it just feels like very right so obviously it gives you that extra action point when you play a zero cost action card for me read the ruins because I've got two, uh, the four copies two yellow, two red it flows nicely into that. You can have a good combo turn where you maybe playing Mordred Tide, lead the uh, lead the charge, play read the runes, and you've still got stuff left to do. And it kind of all feels nice. Um, and then you can swing a weapon, and then swing the well, uh, swing an attack, and then swing the sword. So I took it out, but I've actually put it back in again. I imagine probably twenty minutes after I record this, I'll probably be taking it back out again and put it because I did put in um, Sutcliffe's research notes, which like look at the top three cards of your deck for as many uh, attack actions there are. Create a rune chant, which I thought was wonderful. Again, teamed up with like Whisper of the Oracle, and it goes well with Sonata, and it kind of fits in that theme of looking at the top cards of your deck. But I sort of made the decision to to. Um, to keep that out and keep lead the charge in. Um again mainly to use read the runes. Read the runes, I've got the four copies in there. My original decklist had six, had two blues, but the blues just just not really viable. They only produce one rune chant, two at best. Yeah. It, it just felt like there was better cards to go in. Um, I do always like the idea of maybe sometimes having that chill turn where you get a really good hand of just actions that you can build up a load of room chance, and then next turn come in and try and fire them off. So, a little bit more look at the action, the the other actions, so we've got Whisper of the Oracle, great card, op 4, look at top 4, put them back in any order, on top or bottom, great. Comboing that with Sonata, or Tome of the Ark Knight, where you get to look at the top X card, well, Sonata's obviously look at the top X, plus 3, and Tome is look at top 2, um... Yeah, Whisper just sets those cards up perfectly and and gets them to hit, which is kind of what you're looking for. All of those three, so Whisper, Sonata, Tome, all have go again as well. So again, fits nicely into Viscerae's ability and lets you keep playing cards. Now, quick note on Sonata. I've never done the big Sonata-Skeletor combo. I've pretty much only ever played it for zero cost and looked at the top three cards. Whether it hits or not... Is kind of hit or miss <laughs> well yeah that's still only real options but you know in terms of um, I've probably flopped more times than I've hit with it but again it still works into Fistray's ability to, to start either generating moon chance or, or allows you to swing the sword for the 2 arcane I think Mordred Tide uh, Meruvian Skies pretty integral um, to the deck I mean, uh, Mordred Tide lets you build up rune chants far more quickly. I mean, when you're combining that with Read the Runes or um, like a, a big action turn, so you may play Mordred Tide, then it might be Sonata, then it might be um, Read the Runes after. You're getting a, a load, of, load of cool uh, rune chant production there. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, Meruvians guys... <laughs> its ability is so wonderful Like I I, I don't think I appreciated it in fact there's quite a few cards in here I'll probably say that about where I didn't appreciate them initially Um, so the sky is essentially a zero cost it gives the next attack go again and if it hits it creates a rune champ (laughs) and it's also got go again itself so there's no there's no negative to playing it. I played two copies of yellow, two copies of um, blue. Initially, I did have two copies of red in there as well. But my main issue was there was other cards that I felt I wanted to play. So four copies, which is 10% of the deck, felt more reasonable. Overall, anyway. Now, the... Obviously creating the Rune Chance is great for the attacking side of this deck. Again, it's trying to swing for arcane and damage as much as possible. Forcing the opponent to either defend or arcane barrier to try and get cards out of their hand. Forces them to kind of block because you're not just having to deal with that 3-4 normal damage. You're also having to do with 2-3 arcane at the same time. Which perfectly leads us into meet and greet. got the blue version and the red version in there. Again, another card I really didn't appreciate when I first read it, but actually its ability even incorporates its own Meruvian skies into it. so if it hits, it creates a rune chant, and if you've dealt Arcane damage that turn, it also gains go again, but you're never really going to be throwing this card unless you are going to be guaranteeing the go again or you're, you've given it go again with like say skies. You've, you've just used guys to give meet and greet go again automatically, but then if they hit, you're getting multiple rune chant tokens. <laughs> so it's, and then when you play it, you're potentially getting a rune chant token as well. So yeah, there's no real downfall to to meet and greet. The blue version's in there mainly because obviously for the pitch side of things, super useful in pitching. Um, its attack isn't as good as the the level the the one cost, which is the, the one pitch. Sorry, which is four. Uh, blue is two, so there's a bit of a difference there. But if you're swinging rune chant damage and normal damage, your opponent kind of has to decide what it really wants to block out. Now, what else have we got? Oh yes, these. So we got amplify the arc knight in there as well. Um, great card. Pretty much only ever going to play that after you've uh, played skies. You wouldn't throw this as a standard attack without being able to give it go again. It's as simple as that. The one-pitch version is also good against Prism, because it's a six-damage attack, so if you use to defend against one of her Phantasm abilities, you automatically destroy it. Um, Same goes for Knight of Blade of the Blood Oath. That's really the only reason that's in there now. I'm not looking to build a massive amount of Rune Chance like I used to be able to, but for any reason I do, it's nice to have in there. It's a nine-attack. Um... Blue and red, Amplify the Art Knight. Again, blue's great for pitching. Uh, they've both got three defense. There's no real negatives to having it in the deck. If you can get it that go again as well, as long as you've got three rune chance, it's zero cost. You're going to deal three rune chant damage. You're then going to hit the attack. And then you can swing the sword after, because it'll have go again. There's just no There's just no negatives. It, it, it just seems to work. Um, Dread Triptych. Uh, is an odd one. I don't think I've ever played it as an attack. It's always been a pitch or block card. Um, I mean, when you play it next to Skies, it's good, because it gets go again. And if you can trigger all the three abilities on the card, you're winning. But I've always gone with other attacks over it. It, So mainly block and pitch. I mean, it is a three-cost attack as well, so... (laughs) Unless you're planning on pitching a blue card or you're popping your Escalita, you, yeah, you you're probably gonna stick with it for pitch and block. If I'm honest, uh, oh, room flash. Now that's another card i massively underplayed. I, I didn't have it in the deck originally, but it's perfect. I mean, it's got go again built in, so you don't even need to apply to guys beforehand. It, it's it's always gonna go go again. It's minus one for each rune chant you control. So as long as you've got a couple of rune chants out, you're going to be paying very little to nothing. It's four damage off the bat, which again isn't bad for what is essentially going to be a zero cost attack. And again, did I mention it's got go again? <laughs> it's it, you can just you play your I don't know you lead the charge, play your read the runes, gives you an action point play rune flash you're popping all your um rune chant tokens so you're firing them you're firing the damage and you've got another attack action point you know essentially you've still got a couple of cards maybe one two cards left in your hand depending on depending on if you've arsenaled anything and you then swing the sword you're gonna get the two arcane and the two normal it's just a if i i wish i'd not just disregarded it as not a great card. Because <laughs> it's because it's wonderful. Now. Become the Arknight is a staple. Obviously it's a viscera specialisation. You discard an attack. Or a non-attack to go get the opposite. Generally I've noticed when I've been playing it. I've been bidding attacks to go get non-attacks. My experience with this deck is still quite limited. But. I always find generally I'm going for the non-attacks early on. Later on maybe going for the actual attacks. Depending on where we are in the game but again it's that flexibility that makes it a great visceray card It and it's got go again so you can play it and not have to worry about your turn ending so it's all good oath of the arknight now got two copies in the deck this is a card i do keep edging towards uh, cutting i just like the fact that it's three pitch if you play it it creates a rune chant and it's only two cost which again is essentially using like using your um, Grasp of the Art Knight. It gives the plus one a pump to your next attack. And it's a three block as well. It kind of feels a nice balance. Like when they're going through every stat on the card. It kind of felt good. So I've got it in there for now. But if I get to a point where I'm like. Oh I've got these two cards. And I, I need to put them in the deck. Oath is probably the first thing that's going to be swapped out. Two copies of Reduce the Rune Champ, the only defense reaction in the deck now. It used to be a full package of them, so I had two yellow, two red, two blue. I found that when I was playing in Landudno, that I was, I was kind of just sitting there. My opponent was building up his Rune Champs when I played the mirror match, and I was kind of sat there like... don't really know the best way of putting it it's kind of just scratching my head like i've got all these defense reactions and my opponent is attacking me <laughs> um another reason as well is that now the the deck is kind of a little bit more aggressive and i'm not relying on reduce the rune chance and playing actions on my turn to to build my rune champ package um i feel that the defenses aren't necessarily needed i, I can just discard cards from my hand instead so yeah just the just the 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 red one pitch versions now. And of course they create a rune chant, so you know, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Okay, so we've got one copy of Gorganian Tome. Nice and easy to explain. It's zero cost. It draws one, it's got to go again. There's no there's no deep meaning to it. <laughs> I mean it's legendary so you can only pack one, so that's the only reason there's only one of them. Um, and one copy of Rattlebones, which again is another card I may consider taking out. We'll go into that in a little bit. I'm not too worried. I used to have two copies in the deck. The original version of this deck only had about six attacks. This deck is a lot more aggressive, it's got more attacks in. Therefore, I felt actually I, I didn't need two copies. One felt perfectly reasonable. Um, with and with Gorganian Tone taking up another slot, it, it felt fair to just have the one copy. I mean, the ability to remove an attack from your bin and play it from your banished zone is still super useful. But because this deck has got so many attacks in it, you're not always in a position where you're going to be. Oh no, I need to find an attack from somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you can copy You could play Combo with Sonata. You can pop it, use to get Rattlebones for free, and then. Find your big beefy, like I don't know, uh, Blade of the Blood Oath, or maybe your Red um, Amplify the Ark Knight. Get rid of that, and then play it from your Banish Zone. Maybe there's some, there's some combo there, but um, I, I can't see that being how you're winning games, if I'm honest. So just the one copy, um, but again, that is a card that's probably on the verge of being cut. If I've, if I've got another card to replace it. Which I'll we'll go into in a little bit. Um, so that's pretty much it. I mean, the deck is the deck is essentially very much the same as what you'd kind of expect now from most room blades. I think the idea is throw an attack action, throw an attack action, swing the sword. But with this deck, there's maybe a little bit more build up. Where Brian, you're just doing it. Same with Chain. You've got to wait for those banish cards. This is kind of building up the room chance to at least hit a couple of rune chance when you're swinging a weapon, uh, or swinging an attack action. You don't just want to be doing that every turn, because it's a good chance you'll only ever be throwing maybe one rune chance at a time. You you kind of want to be throwing more than that. Even with the Rosetta Thorn's two arcane damage, you want to keep the pressure on. So you maybe have a turn where maybe you're just building your rune chance, but then next turn you're throwing a big, a big swing turn. So that's kind of it for the deck. Uh, we'll go for a quick musical interlude. We'll come back and we'll just have some final thoughts on the deck. What I would think about taking out. What I would like to maybe add in. And we'll just have a bit more of a, a thought about that side of things. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, final thoughts. Changes. Um, never, I'm never 100 percent happy with a deck. I don't think I'm ever going to be, especially in a constructed format like this. It's easy to do it in a limited format because you've only got limited cards, so you're going to you're going to burn through all the decent ones. But when you've got such a big card pool to play with, it's I'm I always find it's impossible to be 100 percent sold on any deck. Um, I've watched videos on YouTube. Scanned FabDB, Facebook groups, Discord channels, you name it. For tips, hints, for, for the older Big Vis. I think this deck's as close to happy with the builders I've come so far. A um, couple of changes I'd maybe make. But one of them I'll never do, <laughs> I think. So, I recently bought a box of Crucible of War. If anyone follows the Instagram, Big Boss Book Club, um, they'll know I've managed to pull an Art Knight Shard which I was super pumped to get. Essentially, it was one of the only cards I wanted from the set in a really, really big way. There were other cards I wanted from the set, but this was like, this is the card I want from this set. I'd consider swapping the Rattlebones for it. My main concern is, at the time of recording this, it's like a £250 to £300 card. So I'm absolutely terrified of putting it into a deck. (laughs) Because if anything happens... Something spilt on it. I bend it, drop it, lose it. I'll never forgive myself. Um, it's currently double sleeved in the centre pocket of a folder, so <laughs> that's that's where it is at the moment. Um, in terms of changes that I'd actually probably be more willing to do, oh uh, for the Arc Knight, as I said, it's probably one of the cards I would be very close to to pulling out. Uh, a couple of things I'd maybe maybe swap it out for um i do quite like sutcliffe's research notes as i said looking at the top three cards creating a rune champ for each uh, attack that's there is great especially comboed in this deck obviously whisper of the oracle look at top four i mean i could put them on the bottom if they're all non-attacks and then play sutcliffe's uh, research notes if there's you know multiple attacks there just make sure they're all on the top it, it it can work, potentially. My main issue is it's only one pitch value. It's one cost to play and it only does two defense. So it's kind of this trade-off where at least Oath of the Ark if nothing else, can be a defense and a pitch card. So it's it's kind of teetering. Um One of my other choices actually was the two-pitch, the yellow uh, Rune Flash. Solely because of how much I now appreciate the red version. Having the yellow version in there... Might just be a winner as well, but I feel like if I was going to put that in, I'd probably want to take out attack actions rather than non-attack actions. I feel like there's quite a nice balance in there of both. So I don't think taking out non-attack to put in more attack would be the way to go. Trying to sort of make sure I'm hitting that non-attack attack attack sword when when I need to. Um oh that was the other one. Rune Blade Barrier. Now I had this I've had this in the deck, I took it out, I had it back in, I took it out, and I've had it back in again, and I've taken it back out again. Um, I'm still really tempted, it's it gets you four room chant tokens, and for a turn they become spectral shields. Which ain't bad. It's a three cost, it's got no go again, so it's a bit of a tough call. I mean you could follow it up after playing Lead to Charge, so it gets that action, um, gives you that action point, or hell, you could even do it with creepers, make it an instant. But then it's really expensive. You're paying four for four, which I suppose, in terms of um, grasp of the arc knight, it's great value. But um, I suppose the the flip side of that is you could just play read the runes. As an instant, and it's one for three or two, or um, more if you obviously, if you're already triggering v- big Viss's ability. So it's a lot of rune chance in one go. But there are cheaper ways to get rune chance out. So that's the reason why at the moment it came out and it stayed out. And I actually put in the yellow read the runes to replace it. Because I just felt that for what you're paying and what you're getting. You're getting better value there. But there maybe could be space to put it back in. Mm. But again that's only a two pitch card. It's only a yellow card so... You're still not getting the same value as you do from o- uh, Oath of the Art Night. So it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit weird. Um, like I said, in in because the creepers requires a resource, you're paying four for it. So I mean, again, there's this balance there, I think. But read the runes is a far more economical way of doing it. So again, yeah, if I'm gonna replace it, it's probably more likely to be the the rune flash or the. Um, research notes so don't know a bit more play testing that those may be the changes that I would I would make if I went to an event I'd maybe be half tempted to swap out the rattlebone for the art night shard play the event and then put it straight back in the folder <laughs> I may consider that as an option we'll see because um, I do like I mean I know it's a bit of a flex it's not an overly phenomenal card, essentially. What is a, a, a three resource generating card that just gives you a rune chant? Which isn't, you know, it's not spectacular in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're doing it, you're being a bit cheeky, and you play it to bring out, use grasp, you have one floating resource, and you've created two rune chant tokens. Which I guess actually isn't a bad trade off when I think about it. In fact actually that's a pretty nice trade off when you think about it. But yeah, so I'll see how I feel when I get to I might take it with me. Um <laughs> looking at a couple of tournaments, hopefully, um when the like the ProQuest comes out and when the well when the Pro start and try and get to a few more local events. I've noted that a few more stores more local to me are starting to stock Flesh and Blood. So the big hope is that actually if they start running events, I'm in a bit more of a closer proximity to get to them. And generally they're on weeknights as opposed to like weekends. So I've probably got a little bit more availability in terms of my work schedule to get there as well. So that's pretty much it for this week. That's pretty much it for the episode. That's that's it for the uh, for the deck list. I don't think there's anything else that jumped out at me that I would really swap out at the moment. I think I'm pretty happy... In terms of the consistency of the deck, like it's how it's made up. Like I said, there's a couple of cards there that I would that I think there's room to manoeuvre. The Rattle Bones, the Oath of the Ark Knight. I'd probably keep Gorganian Tome. I don't feel the need to put in Tome of Fandal solely because it's not got go again. And I think this deck is a lot more fond of those cards that give it go again. Um I don't do enough. Like I'd rather like nimbleism was a thought for a minute, but Nimbalism's very specific so hmm I dunno. We'll see. No, I think I think that needs to stay in Briar where it belongs. I think he's got a good a good say here. There's um the meet and greets, the amplifiers, they're so good for what they do. Sonata Yeah, I mean I say I'm happy with this deck now. Again, I've i said it a couple of times now. 20 minutes after I finish recording this, I'm probably going to be like, hmm, but I could take that out and I could put this in. <laughs> That's my own fault. That's my own problem with deck building. Um, yeah, so I think we've pretty much just talked about anything. What's your uh, blitz preference do you have a specific build especially for viscera if, if you're a viscera player do you have a specific way you like to play him i know is the one turn kill um oh actually before we do go i'll note an omission and that is the Arknight ascendancy so i haven't bothered with that Knight ascendancy which is viscera's attack specialization one of the reasons is yeah it's got dominate which is great but it is only five damage and it's six to play I know it gets minus one for each rune chant. But I think there are better cards in the deck. Like it doesn't really fit in with this build. The dominate It's just not really needed. It's not really bothering me. Like I'm I'm throwing I'm trying to throw sort of arcane and damage to force my opponent to do stuff. The dominate almost feels counterproductive to that. It kind of feels like, oh, well, they can only... It's five damage, but they can easily defend with one card from their hand and there may be a defence reaction from their arsenal. So it'll never make much difference. I'd rather them be doing that while having to take the Arcane and not, you know... Yeah, kind of, it kind of doesn't feel needed. The dominate isn't important. There's more solid attacks in here. Got the uh, the Oath of the Ar- um uh, uh, The... um. Like the, the Arknight, all the Arknight cards. And we've got that sort of 6 damage. And we've got these sort of great things like meet and greet. <laughs> you know, there's no... Yeah, it, it it doesn't feel needed. I don't feel worried. And also it's only 5 damage where Amplify Red is, is 6. So it can help against Prism and it's more attack. Yeah, there we go. So a quicker mission there actually just at the end. I forgot to mention that. So, that, we'll call it there. Um, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. What are your thoughts on Visceray? What are your thoughts on Flesh and Blood in terms of Blitz? Is there any particular decks you like playing? Any hints or tips you can throw in my direction? Always open. Always open to, to help when it comes to deck building. Because <laughs> as much as I love doing it, I'm probably not that good at it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Instagram, Big Boss Book Club. Uh, Twitter, Big Boss010. Facebook, Big Boss Book Club. I'm Big Boss and I'm out. Peace.